Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 15th of November. More evacuations are underway this morning in the central west of New South Wales as widespread flooding continues. Residents in Forbes are again being told to leave, with the local river rising much faster than initially predicted. This is the second time the town has been wiped out by floods in a matter of weeks. The surrounding towns of Ugara, Canoundra, Cowra and Molong have also been inundated with many locals saying it's the worst flooding they've ever seen. The New South Wales government has now declared the latest flood crisis a natural disaster with more wet weather on the way. Our reporter Saskia Channing has the latest. We're seeing devastation right across the Central West. There's been a slew of evacuations across the region over the past 24 hours, including in Forbes, the Western Plains Tourist Park in Dubbo, parts of Cowra, Goolagong and Canoundra. The towns of Molong and Ugara saw flash flooding hit in the early hours of Monday morning. Residents were told it was too late to leave and were urged to find higher ground immediately. Helicopters have been rescuing locals from rooftops in both towns and in Ugara, 140 rescues were completed during a seven-hour window on Monday. That's one in five residents. Overseas help has been called in to help bolster flood rescue efforts, with New Zealand rescue operators hitting our shores as increasing spills from Wyangla Dam escalate concerns for towns along the Lachlan and its tributaries. Record outflows are seeing 230,000 megalitres released daily from the dam. That's almost half the capacity of Sydney Harbour. Meantime, the flood crisis continues across parts of Victoria as well after wild storms and torrential rain. Some of the worst hit areas include Mornington Peninsula and communities along the New South Wales-Victoria border. It's believed flash flooding may have caused a freight train to come off its tracks yesterday near Geelong with dozens of containers strewn across an area of around one kilometre. Anthony Mew from the Australian Rail Track Corporation says it could take up to a week to repair the major damage. The corridor which this has affected is between Melbourne and Adelaide and it is a busy rail corridor as freight moves between the two cities and then additionally onto uh, Western Australia. Uh, so there are uh, affected customers and they've been notified as a result of this particular incident. We're working as quickly as possible. In other news this Tuesday morning, the US president has promised there'll be no new Cold War with China after meeting with its leader for the first time since taking office. Joe Biden and Xi Jinping discussed a number of topics, including Ukraine and Taiwan, for three hours in Bali on the eve of the G20 summit. President Biden says the world expects the US and China to peacefully work together on international issues. We had an open and candid conversation about our intentions and our priorities. We're going to compete vigorously, but I'm not looking for conflict. I'm looking to manage this competition responsibly. And a six-year diplomatic freeze between Australia and China ends today when Anthony Albanese meets with the Chinese president. It will be the first formal bilateral discussions between the leaders of the two nations since 2016 when Malcolm Turnbull was Prime Minister. The PM says he's entering today's one-on-one discussions with no preconditions. Having the meeting is a successful outcome uh, because for six years we have not had any dialogue. 
A second inquiry into Kathleen Folbig's convictions has started in Sydney. In 2003, she was found guilty of the murders of three of her children and the manslaughter of a fourth over the decade between 1989 and 1999. She has always maintained her innocence, saying her children died of natural causes. Our Sydney reporter, Michaela Savage, has more. Yeah, Tash, the inquiry is looking into whether a genetic mutation could be responsible for the deaths of her two girls. Ms. Bobby carries the rare mutation known as CALM2G114R, and testing has also confirmed her daughters, Sarah and Laura, carried the gene as well. Experts say it may cause irregular heartbeats and the sudden death of young children, while the inquiry is also looking into Ms. Folbig's diaries and journals. In 2005, her sentence was reduced from a maximum of 40 years in prison to 30 after a successful appeal. She is eligible to apply for parole after 25 years, which will be in 2028. But if any doubt is cast on her convictions when a report is handed down from the inquiry next year, the case could again be referred to the Court of Criminal Appeal. Proceedings continue today. And a Queensland man is preparing to take legal action against a major Gold Coast theme park. Lachlan Steger claims staff at White Waterworld urged him to sign a waiver after he seriously injured himself on a ride. He's told Channel 7 he shattered his collarbone on the triple vortex, which could complicate his plans to work. Coming around the third bend um, on the raft, I've gone up about two, two and a half feet. I've then fallen basically out of the raft. White Waterworld has denied the accusations. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. A big boost for New South Wales' first home buyers. They can now choose between paying land tax or stamp duty when purchasing their house. But some may say the devil is always in the details. So is there a catch? Yeah, there, there certainly is. It would have been a, a big weekend that just passed because it was the first time uh, first-time buyers could actually choose between the two. So the scheme is open to first-time buyers. The dwelling costs up to $1.5 million or vacant land up to 800000 And as you point out, they can choose either an upfront stamp duty or that smaller annual land tax of $400 plus the 0.3% of the property's land value. And they're indexed each year from 2024 to 2025. But the catch here is that you really have to wait until January 16 to get that real option because at the moment now, if you buy before January 16, you actually have to pay it up front, the stamp duty, and then you'll get a refund. Yeah, well, wait and watch with interest. Also mm-hmm. this morning, if a US investment giant Vanguard has entered the Australian supermarket launching a low-cost fund that it claims is the cheapest on offer for some Australians. So what's your verdict on this? Look, yeah, this is interesting. So this is a giant of an investment fund manager and now they're into this very lucrative superannuation market. So typically, Tash, when you get a super fund, most of us would, would pick an asset. Do I go in conservative? Do I go into balance? Do I go into growth? Um, and if you don't pick, you're more than likely probably going to fall into a balance fund. This particular one is called a life cycle fund. And what that actually means, Tash, is that it automatically adjusts that investment strategy to become more conservative each year after you reach the age of 48. And it charges a low 0.58% fee um, in both investment and administration. So it puts all the fees together in one. So there's that transparency. 
So while life cycle funds aren't unique, probably the, the thing that makes this a little bit special is it does adjust itself more regularly than others and at no cost to the member. It adjusts itself 36 times actually. So most of them do about four or five times. Look, it has opened to mixed reviews, Tash. I think one thing this fund will do and has is put the spotlight back on fees. Apparently, one in two Aussies don't know what they're paying in annual superannuation fees. And we already know that the Productivity Commission has said that a difference of 0.5 could cost the typical worker around $100,000. So certainly the tip here is to get that statement there online, add up all your fees, divide it by what balance you have to see what percentage that makes of your super fund. And if you are in a balanced one and it is more than 1%, well, you can do a lot better than that. Yeah, great tips as always. Effie, you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. For sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett, the AFL is reeling amid an investigation into illegal betting on the Brownlow Medal this year with an umpire, one of four men arrested. Yeah, this is extraordinary. Good morning, Tash. And a former AFL umpire has expressed shock that a current ump has been arrested over, as you said, that suspicious betting activity linked to the Brownlow this year, won by Patrick Cripps. They're accused of revealing votes from several rounds they officiated in. Now, umpires have been voting on the Brownlow for as long as the award has been around. It goes into a sealed envelope. The next time we see the votes isn't until Brownlow Medal Night itself. There's no suggestion that it affected the outcome of this year of as I mentioned, Patrick Cripps, the Carlton skipper, won that. Former umpire Derek Humphrey-Smith has told Nine umpires should never discuss voting. It would really strike at the heart of, you know, I think uh, what it stands to be a field umpire and I think the perceptions around that would be impacted. Charges are expected to be laid against the umpire and three other men, Tash. And in some sad AFL news, the Adelaide Crows have been rocked by the sudden death of AFLW Premiership hero Heather Anderson, aged just 28. The club is in mourning ahead of its preliminary final match this weekend against the Lions. Anderson played in the club's 2017 Premiership after being drafted for the very first uh, AFLW season. Yeah, Brett, that's very sad news. To the NRL now, and a former Kangaroos rugby league star believes it might be good for the game for Samoa to cause another upset in the World Cup final. Yes, uh, Wendell Saylor is a dual-code superstar playing for both the Kangaroos and uh, the Wallabies in State of Origin, of course, and he believes that Samoa will relish being the underdog heading into this weekend's final against the Kangaroos. They've pretty much been the underdog from the start of the tournament. Amazing to think they were absolutely thrashed by England in the opening game and then came back to cause that stunning upset in the semi-finals. and uh, Saylor believes it might be good for the game if they win again this weekend. Of course they will. Mate, they'll love this occasion, the second-tier nation. I want Australia to win, but can I tell you, it wouldn't be the worst thing for Samoa to, to knock us off. Now, Junior Paolo, the captain of Samoa, has opened up on the emotional scenes after that semi-final win over uh, England to book a date with the Kangaroos. The Eels prop telling Nine it meant their decision to keep playing after the NRL season had finished has been worth it. I think it was more so uh, the sacrifice that we knew we were making when we first put our hands up to come and play for Samoa. Yeah, it's a, it's a great story that not just Australia, New Zealand, uh, England, the same old faces have dominated, that we get a Pacific Island nation through and that can only be good for the game. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Brett. And there is hope of some development in the bid to have David Warner's leadership ban lifted. Yeah, this has been going on for a while. It uh, comes up every time we talk to 
talk about leadership and the captaincy within the Australian team. Aaron Finch stepping down as skipper of the one-day international team. You kind of expect he might do the same with T20 cricket, but he'll get through the Big Bash League season first. Uh, Pat Cummins will take over as skipper of the, the ODI side. There was some talk about, you know, should David Warner take on that role, but the leadership ban is still in place. There could be some changes to the code of conduct on the way at Cricket Australia uh, with reports that Warner would then have to plead his case. Uh, and just in some other cricket news to finish up, we're getting close to the WBBL finals. Brisbane Heat is a step closer to sealing their spot. They claim victory on the final ball against the Strikers. A rain-affected match in Adelaide last night. The Kerr sisters, Amelia and Jess Sned, four wickets combined. The Heat now within one point behind the ladder-leading sixes, Tash. Big day in sport. Brett, thanks so much. Certainly is. Thanks, Tash. Finally this morning, we're set to hit an important milestone today. At some point, experts are predicting the world's population will tick over to 8 billion. It's believed there'll never be as many children as there are today as fertility rates continue to drop across the world. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode on a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. Natasha Belling, thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.